0: Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, Kurt Mortensen here. Get ready to figure out how to get anyone to change their mind, or better yet, why do people resist, and how do you persuade those people that are resisting? It's crazy, they resist even though it's a no-brainer. You've seen it before, you went to go talk to maybe another manager, another person, no-brainer, five minutes, an hour later, all you got was resistance, what's going on? Why do people resist change? This is Podcast 381. Hopefully everyone's having an awesome week, persuading with power, changing lives, changing their own life. That's the key. Learning things we should have learned in school. So I've had a crazy week doing a little bit of everything, did some webinars on the psychology of influence, how to be more influential, taught some university classes, did some face-to-face training, recorded some videos, and did a few interviews. So I guess it's always good to diversify and do a little bit of everything that keeps things interesting. So let's dive into the Persuasion Ninja. I've been doing a lot of restaurants lately, it seems like, but there's a lot of persuasion that can be learned at a restaurant. Plus, it's good to be going back to restaurants. And these guys did it all right. I was greeted with a big smile, along with, what I wasn't sure of the order, a recommendation. Showing me the most popular item, that's social validation. So smile, opposite of me with the RBF, that's love connectivity. Recommendation, that's social validation. And we had paid, like, oh, you know what, I want a drink. And he's like, I'll just give you a free drink. Reciprocity. Bigger tip, hello. What soda costs? Another five cents for a bigger tip. Then there was the visit to the table to make sure everything was okay. That would be developing rapport. Then he used the law of expectations. He said, this was awesome. Hey, when you come back next Monday, you should do this and order this, and I'm going to give you this. (laughs) Expectations, set it up. And not only that, he enhanced the expectations. What he did was, I don't remember what we ordered, but it was something that he wanted to know if it reheated. Was it still good? Let me know on Monday. (laughs) It was great. Another thing, law of esteem. When I did pick the one thing he recommended with social validation, he said, good choice. Repeated back the order, that's been proven to increase tips. It was textbook. And all of those can be used in any aspect of persuasion. Even online. So that's the persuasion ninja of the week, which brings us to our geeky scarly article. This comes from Science Daily, the Journal of Human Behavior, and Dr. Levy. It's titled, Salad or Cheeseburger? How Your Coworkers or Other People Shape Your Food Choices. Hmm, you got to be careful who you go out to eat with. Maybe it's better to go out alone if you were trying to eat healthy. Here's the subconscious trigger, co-workers. So the study says when co-workers are eating together, individuals are more likely to select the food, healthy or unhealthy, as the food selections of their fellow employees. Now, I've seen that even ordering dessert. You know, always that first person who says yes, then it just becomes a domino effect. Oh, it's okay. Let's go for it. Then they said the food selections on the other employees' trays, they found that individuals tend to mirror those food choices of others in their social circles. Then they go to say that's why obesity spreads through social networks. If most of your friends are overweight, you tend to be overweight. Don't they also say that you could take your 10 friends' income average at and that's your income? Hmm, maybe you need skinnier friends, wealthier friends, happier friends. (laughs) Just saying, putting it out there. Interesting thing to think about. So the study goes on to say individuals' eating patterns can be shaped even by casual acquaintances. Influence of people's social ties on weight. So it's not just food. Like I was mentioning before, they talked about weight gain, alcohol consumption, and eating behavior is all shaped by coworkers, or we can even say friends. Or family. And they studied 6,000 people to figure this out. That food purchases by people who were connected to each other were consistently more alike than they were different. The effect size was a bit stronger for healthy foods versus unhealthy foods. And I see the truth of this. I've been mocked being the only one ordering a salad. (laughs) When you're going to a barbecue place and you're trying to eat healthy, order a salad and you're with a bunch of guys, especially uh, look out, just saying. So people change their behavior to cement the relationship with someone in their social circle. So it's a connectivity thing. It's a similarity thing. It's a human nature thing. So what are the solutions? Order first. <laughs> if you want healthier friends or coworkers, maybe order the salad first. <laughs> or just be aware that this is happening. And be okay. Own up. You're going to have vegetables or salad. And you are going to set the trend. Or reverse the trend. And that's our geeky scholarly article. So let's get into why people resist change. How to persuade them. It comes from a listener email. Oh boy! And remember, if I read your email on the show, you get free access to the gold version of Influence University, influenceuniversity.com. There's also a free version, and there's also an advanced coaching version. This is where you learn the advanced skills of persuasion and influence. It's also a place you can order the new edition of Maximum Influence for free. Pick up a little shipping and handling, and take your free Persuasion IQ assessment and find out all about us. But you can email me at Kurt, K U R T, at maximizeyourinfluence.com. This is from Louise. It's in Portuguese. He's from Salvador. Hey, Louise, I've been there. Beautiful place. I believe it was a Costa de Saúpe, if I'm getting that one right. Beautiful beaches, beautiful area. So I have been down there. So translating for Portuguese says, I like, no, it says, I'm loving your podcast. Thanks for your dedication to improving our life skills. I'm now taking, going through the 111 sales tools, the sales hacks, and seeing results. He says, It seems like persuasion is all about getting people to change their minds, habits, thoughts, products, and services. So, why are people resisting change? I am trying to help them. I'm trying to serve them. I'm trying to improve their lives. Why do they continually resist change? Aha, the question of the day. You know, life has changed, persuasions change. And as a power persuader, you have to create and motivate change. And it's key here to back up and understand human nature, knowing that most people resist change. And they get into their comfort zones, and they follow the path of least resistance. But you have to change your mindset too, Louise and listeners. Change is good. People love to change. You're like, what? What do you mean? Yeah, we keep thinking in our mindset, and we, oh, they're going to resist it. They're going to resist it. And that's true a lot of times. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. And it happens because probably didn't persuade in the right way. I don't know if you want me to sugarcoat this. But people are okay and want to change. They love change. Again, let me explain this. If I were to change your income and increase it by 40%, would you resist that change? If I increased your energy by 20%, improved your relationships by 30%, increased your health by 50%, whatever the number is, I don't think anybody listening, unless they're not thinking straight, would resist any of that change. Bring it on. Yeah, please don't increase my income. I don't want to raise. I don't want to make more money. Yeah, that's been said, what, uh, never? And so we have to change our own mindset and understand they want to change. When there's something in it for them and it's improving their lives, this is a good thing. And so we have to change our minds as persuaders that we could be causing the resistance or not persuading the right way. And there could be some things that's going through their mind, and we'll go through that in just a second. But usually, it's because they can't see anything that's in it for them, or they don't believe that it's true, or they believe that they can do it. And we'll get into that in a second. And so we have to back up as persuaders saying, all right, is this a serious brick wall? Is this a cardboard box? Are they ready? Are they willing? Have they tried them past and failed? Do they believe you? Do they like that warm blanket of their comfort zone? Are they aware they need to make the change? So let's talk about why people resist change and what to do about it. How do we improve this? How do we get better? Because when you package it the right way, it's like, duh, I need a change. So the first one is lack of vision or worry. There's really nothing in it for them. You didn't When I increase your income by 20, 30, 40%, there's something in it for you. So they don't have the vision they're stuck on worry. Bottom line, with change and in persuasion, if they can't see themselves doing it, if they can't visualize it, it will not happen physically until they can see it mentally. Just like a quarterback, when they get on the field, they're warming up, they're visualizing the completions, not the interceptions, the fans cheering, not booing, making the touchdown, not the fumble. A key part of your success, because when people are stuck on worry, it's because their vision's not strong enough. Did you catch that? Did you hear that? When people or you are stuck on worry, it's because their vision's not strong enough. Then you go back and see it, taste it, touch it, feel it. See it mentally. We've talked about the studies on the show before about the visualization and the success there with athletes. The same thing's true with any aspect of your life. When you think about it, are your thoughts negative or positive? Vision or worry? Because you know the science. Thoughts control emotions and emotions control actions, so maybe the person's thoughts. I know when I teach public speaking or persuasive presentations. That's the first thing we need to tackle are those thoughts because they're always on the negative. What if I blow it? What if I forget? What if they walk out? What if they laugh at me? What if they ask a question I don't know the answer to? What if I lose bladder control? You name it, it's going through people's brains. We got to switch that up because if the thoughts are negative, you're stuck on worry, it pollutes your vision. So how do we solve this? Get them out of the past. Get them out of the worry. Create the vision and identify what's in it for them. How's it going to benefit them in the short term and the long term? How's it going to benefit their department, their company, their family, themselves, all of the above, whatever you need. As many of those you can add, the better. That's why I always say W-I-I-F-T. Some say W-I-I-F-M. Well, I like what's in it for them, but we could add to that. What's in it for them? What's in it for their team? What's in it for their tribe? That's a bigger picture. That could be their company. That's key. So when you're talking about change, getting things done, you have to get them out of worry, get into the vision that they can see themselves doing it. For example, I was in the corporate world doing my thing and my book was coming out, so I took the leap to be author, trainer, coach, guy, I guess we'll call it. And sometimes those things don't happen as fast as you want, the success, and it was not happening as fast as I want. Maybe you can relate to that. And the money wasn't coming in as fast as I want and I'm a boat guy. You know anything about me? I'm a boat person. Couldn't care less about cars. I'm a boat person. At the time, I didn't have a boat, and I wanted a boat, and so I chose a boat. I knew the brand, the size, the type. I knew everything about this boat, everything. I could visualize it. I could see it, but I took steps, and that might be something you want to do with people you try to get changed. Take small steps to get them there. So I went to the lumber store on a Saturday with a little money I had and bought some lumber and bought some cement and started clearing out trees and Shrubbery on the side of my house, and my wife comes out and says, What are you doing? I'm like, I'm building a boat shed. She's all you don't have a boat. I'm like, I know, I will. She says, You don't even have a car that'll pull a boat. I'm like, I know, I will. And I kept building it on the weekends. I was visualizing, I was measuring out because I knew the exact length of the trailer and the boat and how it would fit, where the gate was going, and my neighbor comes over, like, what are you doing? I'm like building a boat shed. He's like, You don't have a boat. I'm like, I know, I will. And then he says, as he spits on my dreams, You want to know the two happiest days in a boat owner's life? The day they buy it and the day they sell it. <laughs> really? Why are people that way? They just are. We'll go into that in another podcast, but that's not true. At least not for me. Visualization. The next one that holds people back is fear. They don't want to look bad. Maybe it's the 75% of the people that are suffering from imposter syndrome. That's someone that maybe be your manager that they feel inside, they'll never tell you this. It's an esteem thing. Uh, they feel like an imposter, that they're gonna get exposed. Other people are smarter, other people should go to get the promotion. And those people resist change all day long. But this fear is important to understand. What fears? Probably the fear of criticism, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of looking bad, fill in the blank. It's fear. There's an emotional reason there. They don't want it to go wrong. Whatever the fear is, it does hold them back. Now remember, we've talked about before, people only born with two fears. This is a learned fear so they can get past that. But your key here, because you probably don't have a lot of time to work on the psychology of fear and reduce the fear, all you need to do here is, the most important thing as we address fear is make the fear of not changing bigger than the fear of changing. The fear of getting fired, not changing, oh, that's bigger than the fear of making this small change. <laughs> so that's the key. Use it to your advantage. And that's the thing about fear and persuasion. Sometimes it's a good thing. When it's controlled in the right amount and it's believable, make the fear of not changing bigger than the fear of changing. Making the fear of not having life insurance bigger than the fear of paying for the life insurance or making that decision. Fear is real and make sure you validate it. Worst thing you say is, oh, you shouldn't be scared. You shouldn't be full of fear. And they're like, I, I am. Okay, <laughs> that's where we blow his as parents. Or, you shouldn't be depressed. They're like, oh, I am. You shouldn't have anxiety. Well, I do. <laughs> so with emotions, make sure you validate it, especially fear. It's real to them. Oh, you shouldn't be afraid of flying. Let me talk about the statistics and numbers I don't think has ever worked. It can be done, but it's really hard to fight emotion with logic. The third one, lack of motivation. (laughs) Okay? They just don't want to do it. It's not worth the effort. It sounds good, but it's not worth the effort. And remember, you can motivate them with either inspiration or desperation. But it's just not worth it to them. But not just at that moment, but every day. You have to motivate every day. And it's different every day. Sometimes it's desperation. Sometimes it's inspiration. But you got to make it worth it. And we talked about what's in it for them in the beginning, but we got to maintain that motivation. And the key thing to that is to finding out what is the why? What is the real reason that they want to make a change? The why is what motivates. Sure, that what's in it for them might be more money, but why? Family, early retirement, start a charity, go on more vacations with their kids, whatever it is, that's the why. Get healthier. Okay, that's great. What's in it for them, but why? So this is the key here. Tap into their why. And when you find that why, they might be motivated by inspiration or desperation. Let's talk about health. I want to lose weight. Okay, something that's in it for me. Why? Well, the inspiration would be more energy and spend more time on a charity and my projects and and do more hiking with my children. Desperation is I don't want to die, heart attack, stroke, can't see my grandkids, no energy, can't go on the hike. And make it a combination of both of those. Because here's the key. Here's the key to motivation. You want no know a secret? It's different every day. I would love it if you were an inspiration every day. Or you could use inspiration. But some days, Monday mornings, when you don't feel like going to work, sometimes it's desperation. And here's the secret. Desperation is better than inactivity. <laughs> Have you ever been to a dentist out of inspiration? It's possible, but it's very rare. Find the why and get a couple of inspirations and desperations to keep them motivated. Number four, they don't know how. They don't have the tools. Well, that's great. And that's one thing people forget about change or goals. It's just like when you shoot a rocket to the moon, there's mid-course corrections. Or even when planes are flying, they're off course most of the time, but they're always correcting. The same thing's true with the change in your goals, but you might need to adjust. You might start off, all right, two hours a week. Maybe you need three. But the tools are who you going to mentor with, what podcast you can listen to, what books you're going to read, who you going to report to, where do you go if there's challenges? And you could adjust those. That's okay. Maybe you need more tools. Maybe you need fewer tools. Maybe you need more accountability. Maybe you need less accountability. Maybe you need a coach, a mentor. That's the quickest way to change. If you want to change something real fast, find someone, have them coach or mentor you. And that's the secret. I coach and mentor people all the time in persuasion, influence, charisma, and public speaking, persuasive presentations. And I get coached. I look at my weaknesses and I find a coach. That's the key to success if you want to get there fast. And one of the keys here with the tools is to make sure you break down what they need to do in small, manageable, bite-sized pieces. Because the human brain, when it gets overwhelmed, it shuts down. Happens to me back when I used to travel a lot, you know, I'm over in the Middle East for a couple of weeks and I'm doing my thing there, but I come home and my publisher has a list of things to do, my business has a list of things to do, my wife, my kids, I mean, you name all the lists of things I need to do, it's so much I take a nap. (laughs) So, small, manageable, bite sized pieces. Make sure they have the tools. They just might not know. You've motivated them to get better grades. Maybe they don't know how. Maybe they need a tutor. Maybe they need more structure on how to do that. And final one is trust. Now, there's two pieces to this. Maybe they don't trust themselves. Maybe they've tried seven diet programs in the past and they just, they know it works, they just can't get themselves to do it. Maybe they've tried five home businesses in the past. Maybe they've tried investing in the stock market in the past and just didn't work or they didn't do it. So maybe it's something they just don't believe that they're going to do it. It sounds good. They know it works, but they just don't trust themselves to actually do it. The exercise equipment looks great. The program looks great. But in the past, it just hasn't happened. Maybe they've tried being an entrepreneur in the past or, again, fill in the blank there. They don't trust themselves. And when that happens, you need to reassure them that it's not their fault. It happens all the time. Your solution's a little bit different and solves that challenge. And as they're sitting on the fence, what you do is you offer a guarantee. Your product or service, whatever it is, you've got to get them to think, oh, I've got everything to gain and nothing to lose. Sure, you're next on the line, but prove your worth, good guarantee. Or if it's something else, a personal promise. Hey, if it doesn't work out, I'll take the blame. It'll be my fault. This is a safety net in that situation. Now, if it's trust in you, we got some credibility issues. What do we do? You need to borrow credibility from somebody else. This is social validation. Testimonials, endorsements, recommendations. Other people are doing it, have done it. Success stories is important here. So if the trust is in you, your company, your industry, you need to borrow credibility. Find someone that's like them, had a similar problem, and offer, again, testimonials, recommendations, referrals, endorsements, borrow credibility. Because you don't have it. You don't have time to build it. You might. You might. But as you build it, I would borrow it from other people. And think about it. If you're on Amazon, you're not sure, did this product work? Is it worth it? And then suddenly 5,000 positive five-star reviews, you're like, oh, okay, duh, let's do it. That is borrowing trust. So remember, life has changed. Persuasion has changed. Now you get the resistance, and this could be for you and your own life and the things you want to change, or changing other people's lives as you persuade them. When you do it the right way, people want to change. They enjoy change. They like change. They will like you for helping them make the change. It's very few people that don't want to change their income, their health, their energy, their relationships. Fill in the blank. You can do this the right way. So follow those five steps and you'll be more influential and you'll be a catalyst for change. Hey, thanks for listening today to this podcast. Appreciate your time, energy, support, love, feedback. All the information you need about me, Influence University, product services, go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. The archives of the podcast are on there also. I also put a special link to my new beta program, 111 Sales Hacks. I keep adding them. There's more than that. It's basically a three to four minute audio or video of a persuasion tool. Here's the science. This is why it works. This is how you apply it. You can go as fast or as slow as you want. And it's 90% off. So I'll put the link at the website under Podcast 381. Please tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. Hit like, hit subscribe. You can find us using Maximize Your Influence on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Again, thanks for your participation. Take something you learned today, apply it, use it in your own life and in other people's lives, and go out and persuade with power.